0: Hello and welcome to episode 225. I hope that you guys are doing very well today If you are struggling with OCD or anxiety then you can get a free session with me To get that you can head over to my website www.robertjamescoaching.com and there you can use my Calendly to book yourself that free session or you can send me a message uh, to discuss it there now, in today's podcast, I'm uh, I interview Nick Corliss Nick is um, a coach who works for people with OCD and anxiety uh, as well, and um, he is also a Wim Hof instructor. So he's somebody that uh, you know I have a lot of common with. And um, today, Nick shares uh, some insights from his own experiences of struggling with OCD and anxiety, and um, we discuss in detail. Um, alternative uh, holistic approaches that you can use to help you to manage your OCD and anxiety more effectively Uh, and there's lots of different uh, areas that we're looking at today Uh, we're looking at things like sleep, uh, nutrition, um, exercise, getting outdoors all sorts of uh, alternative approaches to, to helping you to manage OCD and anxiety Nick is a really great guy and I think he has a lot of uh, insight when it comes to OCD and so if you'd like to find out more about Nick you can check out his website www.nicholascaulis.com You can also find him uh, on Instagram at nicholas.caulis. He's also on YouTube under the same name so There we go guys, I really do hope that you uh, enjoyed the podcast today and if you do find it helpful it would be great if you could follow and like on Instagram my Instagram handle is at robertjamescoachinguk and if you could also subscribe on your podcast app of choice that would also be amazing so many thanks guys and I really hope you enjoy Hi Nick, welcome to the podcast G'day, Rob. Fantastic to be on the podcast again. Yeah, it's great uh, to have you back on. And, um, you know, last time uh, you were obviously talking about um, your own experiences with OCD, as well as talking about the Wim Hof Method, because like me, uh, you're also a Wim Hof instructor and and like to look at health from a kind of very holistic uh, perspective, which I think is something that we both have in common. Um, I wanted to start off today by perhaps um, if you could just kind of introduce yourself and, and, and give us a bit of a background when it comes to your your OCD story, please.
1: Yeah, so I'm Nicholas Corliss and I am a Wim Hof instructor as well as uh, do anxiety and OCD coaching as well. And I'm from New Zealand, living in Barcelona. And my OCD journey really started at the end of college. I was over in the United States playing soccer uh, for Boston college and had a scholarship over there. And it was the last semester. And I was just noticing I was getting these intrusive thoughts. I didn't even know to call them intrusive thoughts at the time, but it was these thoughts of like, what if, what if that, what if this? And they started to get worse and worse. It was just my mind extrapolating out what, what could be even worse than that last thought. So what if this could happen or what if I did this or what if I'm this type of person all around me being a bad person. And the, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, am I going crazy? Um, You know, searching on Dr. Google, looking at, you know, what's going wrong and a whole list of things come up when you do that and then went and saw a psychologist and psychiatrist and the psychiatrist diagnosed me with OCD it's about more of the obsessive kind more of the uh, mental side but I've also got the compulsions as well and from there it was taking SSRIs and um, doing what she was saying to make me feel better, but it didn't. It was great to know. Okay, this is what I'm dealing with now because I think it's quite scary to not know what's going on with yourself, and uh, at least have a direction. Like other people have this, and I can deal with it. Then, um, yeah, it gave me a sense of a bit of a sense of relief. Uh, but the main thing that really helps with the OCD that, was ex- that I was experiencing was looking outside of the psychiatric um, model and going around and I actually went to a naturopath and she said I had leaky gut and the leaky gut was what was affecting my mind. And I was just kind of like, you know, how the heck is my gut down here, you know, affecting my brain up here? But uh, I was like, okay, I'll give it a go. I'll give it a crack. I'll do what she says. And she was saying to cut out certain foods that were causing problems in my gut, gluten, alcohol, dairy. And I needed to heal it back up because our gut lining is kind of like the outside of a sausage. Um, If you can imagine a sausage and then the lining of a sausage. So it's really quite thin. And yeah, yeah. She was like, you need to heal back up your gut and you'll start feeling better. And lo and behold, I did what she said, did the detox, did the glutamine, healing the gut, probiotics, changed my diet, and went from feeling having suicidal thoughts, you know, about a two or three out of 10 to feeling about 7.5 out of 10, which is, I think, a pretty good number. Yeah. And yeah, it was just amazed me to see wow how come nobody's talking about this mm. and and what else could i be doing to improve my mental health that is natural and that
0: yeah led me down a massive path Yeah, yeah yeah i mean it's a very uh, familiar story in in many regards you know so many people Uh, upon realizing that they they're struggling with OCD um, or anxiety and and, um, you know they they kind of think to themselves wow uh, this is what's going on and you know if I would have known or had been educated about these things when I was younger it could have saved me you know so so much stress and anxiety and and problems over the years uh, and perhaps would have helped you from kind of Uh, getting to that point of really feeling overwhelmed by it which it sounds like you were you know at at some point along the way Um, also very interesting what you were saying there about the the kind of the the leaky gut and the problems you were experiencing uh, with that I think uh, you know that is something that isn't talked about as much Uh, you mentioned there you know some some types of foods that that can uh, cause that um, with alcohol actually being one of them, um, which is always a, a very interesting uh, kind of substance to me. Alcohol—it's something that, in Western culture, you know, we uh, we tend to to drink a lot to to celebrate things, to to relax with our friends, to you know, to commiserate things. Uh, alcohol always comes out, and so often you know there's no questions asked about it it's just this is just what we do but actually you know it it seems to perpetuate um anxiety problems uh, a lot of the time and you know you're talking here about the leaky gut um and and that's one reason perhaps for why um you know people's anxiety or obsessions can get worse um but we know with alcohol for example that there's all sorts of other things um, that it's that it's doing to to the brain, um, which mm. causes anxiety in the long term. For example, when we're not drinking, for example, when we are actually, you know, uh, maybe a week later, even after drinking, mm. people think, well, uh, surely then it's a week after the the drinking I've been having, I've gone back to a normal level uh i'm I'm myself again now, and you know if I have a drink now, maybe the next day I'll have a hangover, but the day after that, then I'll feel better again. but actually, what some of the research is showing more recently you were talking about Andrew Huberman and he was talking about this the other day on his podcast that you know even if you just have one or two drinks, there's a an impact uh on your body where you basically um, feel more prone to stress and anxiety in the long term after it, not just the next day or the following days, but in the long term, it's it's like normal everyday things are not mm. as enjoyable anymore as they were. Um, and that's really, uh, you know, quite, quite a surprise. Uh, you know, it's a real eye opener to me. I mean, I'm often talking about alcohol, uh, sometimes on a podcast, and I think it's uh, an important area to, to discuss.
1: Yeah, I think it is as well. It's an important area in it. It sort of reminds me as well what um, Daniel Eamon talks about, who's a really well-known psychiatrist in the States, which um, is more he's more holistic, and he's treated like Miley Cyrus and Justin Bieber, and he talks about you know, what is good for your brain, like do more things that are good for your brain and avoid more things that are bad for your brain. And alcohol is one thing that, yeah, maybe if you have, you know, you keep it to a limit um, and you don't go overboard with it, then it can be all right. Although um, if it's making things less enjoyable, then it may not be ideal. But for, for me, when I was really, really struggling with OCD, I was going to alcohol as a form of escapism to run away from my mind and all these thoughts. And it didn't work that well. Like it would take me out a little bit, but then the next day would just be so much worse. And it would not be worth it at all. And I quickly realized, oh, dang, this that isn't the route to take um, because there's so many other things that you can find that peace that are good for your brain, you mm-hmm. know, but going down the route of those quick hits of drugs, alcohol, um, like junk food that can give you a short moment of pleasure, but in the long run, they're going to be harmful for you. Those are, yeah. I think, some things to think about as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, so often what we're doing is we're just trying to get a dopamine hit, you know, mm. in the short term, because as we know, you know, obsessions, compulsions, when you're performing, you know, that on a regular basis, it's, it is distressing, it is hard, yeah. life becomes very difficult. And we're looking for that escape, as you just said, and, you know, alcohol or other things, you know, short term things can make you feel better, but there's there is uh you know a payoff for that. you do have to uh, you do have to come down again on the other side of the dopamine roller coaster mm. um, and that obviously isn't isn't quite so enjoyable um you know and, and this is why I think it's in important that that we do reflect on what are some holistic uh things that we can do that provide us with long-term satisfaction something that um, a way for example that i like to describe self-compassion mm. uh is sim- is very simply doing things today that are going to make us feel better tomorrow mm-hmm. um and alcohol is certainly not one of those <laughs> um, it's going to make you feel good in the next five minutes ten minutes half an hour mm. Or a few hours if you keep drinking uh, lots of beers or whatever your uh, <laughs> beverage of choice is. Uh, however, obviously you're gonna you're gonna struggle the next day with um, a lot of these holistic practices that we can bring to the table. Obviously, there's the Wim Hof method. We've already spoken about that, but there's many other things that we can do too. We can actually help ourselves in the long term to manage OCD in a more natural way. And I know you wanted to talk about some of those uh, approaches today. So maybe you could um, start off there. Yeah, for sure. For myself, I like to
1: look at it because I know there's so many things we can do. You know, there's all these different types of yogas you can do. There's all there's different types of uh, things you can do for your sleep and different foods that people are Uh, recommending and I like to think about it like what's kind of the most bang for my buck what is the things that if I do them I'm going to get the most output from those things and a lot of them are quite basic in terms of optimizing sleep I know that if I don't get a good sleep the chances are the next day is just going to be a bit tougher with intrusive thoughts coming in, anxiety just being a bit higher. And I've got other tools that I can deal with it as well. But I know the utter importance of just like really getting that good sleep. And there's different ways we can do that in terms of Andrew Huberman actually saying that one of the most important things we can do is in the morning is getting light exposure for our overall health and mental health. And I was quite like surprised when he said, like, this was one of the most important things you can do. Uh, because it just sounds so simple, you know, just like walking outside and getting sunshine in the first hour of when you wake up. If, there, if it's strong sunlight, then you only need about 10 minutes, but if it's more overcast, then maybe around 30 and he says it just helps a whole bunch of your body's you know functions to just switch on and get going for the day and just like helps to set you up for the day helps to set your body and mind up and then obviously will help with the sleep with the the rhythm of your body getting light in the morning and then you know minimizing the light at night so i've been trialing that more recently um trying to be got to try to be a bit more consistent with it but Uh, that's one of the things as well and wearing blue light blockers at night, you know, the orange glasses that look a bit funny, um, like safety goggles and then having the temperature of the room a bit cooler. So these are just some of the things we can do that will optimize our sleep. Um, Doing exercise during the day is going to help to improve our sleep. And so... That would be one of them is what are ways and I do remember when um the OCD was really bad, I found it super difficult to sleep because I was just still in my mind and it was still going yeah. and it was still yeah. thinking. Um so be patient with yourself too. Like I think uh you know, if, if we're being hard on ourselves and we're not sleeping, then We just got to be like, okay, I'm in bed. I'm at least getting some rest and taking it day by day to try to optimize things and try to improve things. Um, And then I'd say exercise as well, some type of movement. And it's, it's easy as you say, to go to that dopamine fix and just like be like, I don't really feel like exercising today. I'm just going to eat this chocolate or just like scroll a bit more on Instagram or do something like that that's just going to give me that dopamine fix, but in the long run, it's not going to benefit us. And doing that exercise is going to help to make you feel better, then it's going to help with sleep. Um, And it's going to, I think, like looking at it like a downward spiral or an upward spiral, like the things that we're doing, kind of putting us in a trajectory, trajectory or momentum to go more in an upward spiral or is the things that we're doing
0: just like keeping us where we are or going down? Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a really good, important way to to look at it. Um, You know, so often we don't realize that we are in that negative spiral. You know, maybe we uh, are drinking on a Friday and a Saturday, Sunday comes, you know, we're kind of disappointed. The weekend's over. We're feeling groggy from the alcohol still, um, mm. so we managed to kind of get through Monday, still feeling a bit rubbish. Um, anxiety's higher than it should be because we're not eating as well as we could, maybe not sleeping as well as we could. You know, you get through to Wednesday and you think, oh, just gonna have a couple of glasses of wine tonight. You know, because why not? Mm. I deserve it. I've managed to get through to Wednesday. And OK, maybe for some people that's, you know, an OK way of doing things. But um, <clears throat> maybe uh, if you're struggling a lot with uh, anxiety during the week still, you know, maybe that those kind of things could be contributing towards it. And it's a downward spiral with that kind of thing. You know, yeah. like we are uh, effectively we're going around with depleted dopamine. We know when we artificially re- uh, rise the dopamine uh through through uppers like alcohol then um unfortunately the what happens i was reading this book called dopamine nation that was kind of talking about this it's you get the the dopamine goes up very quickly uh with alcohol for for example for a very uh, short time in in Mm. actual fact if you just have one beer you know after about half an hour that good tipsy feeling begins to to fade off. I'm sure everyone's experienced this many times themselves. And you start feeling groggy, you start feeling a bit more uh, irritated and a bit more tired, and you kind of want another beer to get that good feeling back. Um, And there's different reasons for this. But one of the reasons is because the dopamine went up, but very quickly it goes into a dopamine deficit. And the problem is, that with, um, with one drink, your amount of time, half an hour in, in dopamine positive, mm. actually then turns into a dopamine negative for about four or five times longer than the positive. Mm. So, you know, if you're drinking, you know, a lot of beers or other things, you know, then or maybe, maybe it's like sugary food, for example. Maybe that's your dopamine hit. Um, but it's the same kind of thing. And you you end up depleted with dopamine. And you can end up in a negative spiral. And, and, you know, we know what happens with OCD, for example, when we're feeling very low, we end up ruminating, or we end up stuck on some really unhelpful thought. And, um, yeah, so I can fully understand what you're talking about there. Um, okay, so what are, what are some more things? I mean, I know something else that you're very interested in that we both have in common is, uh, is nature. Mm. How can nature be, be helpful, do you think, for, for anxiety and OCD? Yeah, well,
1: it's just how we've lived for
0: tens of thousands of years.
1: And so I think realigning ourselves more to that nature is going to be helpful for how our body works you know uh we haven't been in front of screens for eight hours a day you know driving in cars though cars have only been here for what the last 100 or so years and then computer screens even less time and so getting into nature we're breathing fresh air with the trees and You know, getting your feet on the ground can just help to ground you in and comparing to having your feet on the concrete to then just having your feet on the ground really does help like literally to ground in. Um, And then if there's sunshine out as well, you're going to be getting that vitamin D too. If there's not sunshine, you're still going to be getting some sun through the clouds. And it's, it's peaceful as well. You know, you get out into nature and you may hear some birds chirping or uh, a sense of more peacefulness for the body and mind. And so, yeah, it's, it's just such an important thing for uh, overall mental health that um, if you can do some exercise in nature, you, you're kind of stacking two uh, – it's a not a very good saying, but killing two birds with one stone, you know, you've got exercise and then you're getting in nature as well. So you're going to feel double as good. Um, But yeah, it, it just makes sense for me, you know, how you feel as well. Like we can say these things of like, Hey, this is what's worked for us. Or this is what the science says too. But say for me, until I had my experience of changing my diet and eating more foods that are more aligned with nature, more foods from the planet, um, instead of the processed and hyper-processed foods that come in packaging and have 50 different ingredients, I felt better in myself. And there's no way I'd go back to like eating McDonald's often. And so I, I know just for myself that getting into nature, just tuning into my body, I feel more relaxed, my shoulders start to come down, my mind's less busy, and I just feel more at peace um but i think that's that's why doing it as well uh like we were talking about before those easy choices and drinking alcohol has like you know you get 30 minutes of pleasure but then 5x the amount of time of you know a dopamine deficit and i love that saying of like hard choices, easy life, easy choices, hard life, and putting ourselves out into um, some, some suffering or maybe we don't really want to get into nature. You know, we just want to watch TV and we just want to chill at home. But, you know, just saying, okay, nah, I'm going to take myself and I'm going to get into some plants and I'm going to get into some nature because I know that it's going to benefit me more in the long
0: run is is so beneficial um how do you um how would you overcome that inertia if you are really struggling with it you know and you because uh you're 100 percent right i mean even for me right now i'm contemplating going for a run this afternoon with bruno the little monster uh, <laughs> otherwise known as a dog and um you know going up into the forest uh near my near my home where we've been walking a few times actually doing a run up there but there's another part of me that wants to be lazy Mm. um, that wants to sit on the sofa (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I know if I go I'm gonna feel better but it's really hard sometimes like it's there's that part of you that It's not that you don't want to feel better, but it's like sometimes you don't want to put in the effort to make yourself feel better, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think, like, um,
1: James Clear has got that really good book, Atomic Atomic Habits, and kind of talks about it, like, setting up your environment. So you... You do do those habits. So if we want to create these healthy habits of, say, exercising more or eating healthier, for example, he says instead of having lollies or chocolate on the table, you know, have have a big bowl of fruit because it's in our environment and just creating an environment that's going to be easier to eat that fruit. And for uh, for me, I've got a pull up bar that I've just recently set up just looking at it over there <laughs> and a kettlebell um, just in my room and then a yoga mat here. So the, the speed and like resistance is quite easy of which I can easily do a workout. Um, and so I think having the things accessible, whether it's like you have a gym which you know you can go to or um, I guess for you, you know, the dog, needs to be walked so it's kind of like if brunner doesn't get walked then uh you're probably less likely to go out like if you didn't have a dog then maybe you'd be less likely to go for a walk you yeah. know he, 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 he's he got a lot of energy so dogs could be a good one to have in your environment or um yeah and i think as as you say you like once people know the how good they'll feel afterwards. It just becomes of like part of who we are and what James Clare talks about. Like uh, we become somebody who does fitness. You know, that's just like in our, uh, we've done that thing so many times that it's just who we are now. And so I think it's a period of, if people aren't exercising at the moment, there's gotta be a point where you like commit to something commit to a couple of days a week of exercise and say, even if it's just like two minutes or five minutes of exercise a day, and then you can slowly build it up to 10 minutes of exercise twice a week or 15 minutes of exercise. So yeah, he talks about that as well. So making it super easy, the, um, the goal that you have. So say it's 20 push push-ups twice a week not too hard
0: you could do you know and then yeah. you
1: build that up over time
0: i also really like what you were saying there about having things around the home uh, that remind you and and actually give you an opportunity to just get in a little bit of fitness at home because you know maybe you don't have time to to go to the forest and you know go for mm. a run or to you know to get down to the beach or even go to the gym but if you've got a chin-up bar at home then actually, you know, you can do a little weight session at home with, with re- resistance training, no? So you can do some press-ups, you can do chin-ups, you can do hanging from the bar. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's different things that you can do with that. Um, you've got the yoga mat. Stretching is a, it's a fantastic, uh, you know, training in itself. Um, outside of my terrace here, I've got like a little punching bag yeah, uh, that I sometimes use, and you know, I just use it for 15 minutes. I, I put on some yeah. loud rock music for 15 minutes, and you know, I just go in my own little world, you know, focused on on the on the punching bag, and it's actually a great little release of stress for me. I really enjoy it. Uh and it's a hard workout as well. So these little tips I think that you're giving about how to set things up at home, even. You know, to make it easier for you, if you have a busy lifestyle or whatever, then I, you know, I think that's a really good idea.
1: Yeah, and what you were saying as well, um, the music and the time. So I do that too. Like I like to do, fifteen or twenty minute sort of hit workouts and time it, and have music going most of the time as well, because then that enables me. If I just start doing a workout, and I don't have it timed, I can you know slip off a bit and it's not as intense or in like as short of a time as i want and then also having the music to kind of like get yourself in the frame of oh this is i'm in the zone now um can really help so you you like that as well just having the setting the timer for 15 minutes so you know that's how long you've got to go for
0: yeah it depends what it is obviously if it's a run then i'll go for longer but if it's just if it's like um some kind of exercise routine at home yeah i want to do 15 minutes maybe of resistance training of some sort um 15 minutes of stretching 15 minutes of boxing um i find that really works yeah
1: yeah yeah it's great it's uh exercises we know it's um yeah it's such a great release of stress yeah Mm,
0: absolutely yeah um okay if you if you had kind of one piece of advice for people who are really struggling right now, you know perhaps uh, their OCD is is really bad and they're you know they're really struggling, um, and maybe they've been down the traditional route of mm. you know of uh, working with a therapist or psychologist. It has been helpful, but they're still struggling. Um, what advice would you give them?
1: I'd say get curious be curious about what else you could be doing that could have an impact to improve your mental health. And so whether that's identifying like the foods that you're currently eating and then looking at some of the most common foods that do affect our gut health, because over 80% of our serotonin is in our gut and they give us SSRIs. I got given SSRIs to help boost my serotonin. Um, It's a serotonin something.
0: Reuptake inhibitor.
1: Yeah. What's the second S?
0: Can't remember. Uh, Good question. I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay,
1: (laughs) But it's it's trying to increase your serotonin and but most of our serotonin is in the gut and uh there's foods that we can actually eat that can help to uh, you know increase our dopamine and serotonin levels in our gut and so what are the foods that we're currently eating you know some of the most common things that could inflame your gut which means basically that your gut's not agreeing with the foods that you're feeding it, uh, gluten, alcohol, dairy, uh, then it could be such things like eggs as well. And there's some other foods. So maybe trialing, cutting out some of these foods and eating uh, a more whole food diet to see if you feel better and trialing that for like 10 days. Um Getting curious as well, like about how you're sleeping. So, I think looking at exercise, sleep, and diet would be three big ones to focus on um, to really improve your mental health rapidly. You know, those are kind of some of the three biggest things you could be doing. And as I say, getting curious about, you know, what. What exercise works for you, whether it's uh, playing tennis with friends or going for a walk by yourself and listening to an audiobook or um, going to the gym you know everybody's different the way they want to move and exercise and and then as well sleep you know getting the sunshine in the morning, limiting the light at night uh, to let your body know it's time to go to sleep and um, having a bit of a cooler room so you can sleep better. I'd say those are you said one, but um, those are some <laughs> of the big three.
0: yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. uh Nick, thank you so much for for taking the time to to come on and speak to us. It's been great, you know, sharing your story uh, and finding out about some of these approaches that you found so helpful your yourself, and you know it's really fantastic. Um, you're also a a coach helping people with anxiety and OCD. So if people want to find out about you and get in touch, how can they do that?
1: Yeah, cool. So just um, hopping over uh, to the website, which is www.nicholascorliss.com or Instagram, nicholas.corliss and uh, YouTube. And that's a different name, Mental Wellness Tools
0: awesome that's great well Nick thanks thanks a lot again and uh, yeah it was, it was really great to, to have you on
1: thank you Rob and thanks um for all the work that you're doing for the anxiety and OCD community and what is it now over 150 podcasts
0: yeah 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 it's uh 200 and something 200 oh, 24 maybe <laughs> amazing <laughs> you're, yeah so. you're yeah
1: yeah your commitment um to helping people and you know still going even through all the times that you've been through uh, up and down to get out these podcasts is amazing so thank thank you man oh thanks a lot cheers mate